How is everybody doing this morning? Good. I like that response. Very lively. That's what I'm talking about. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, we are so glad you're here. My name is Daniel Kaznave. I'm the pastor here at the Bridge Church. And uh, hopefully, did you enjoy worship? Worship together. I love that. Uh, like I said, I love these guys and their gifts and their talents. But I love sitting in the front because I can hear your voices, too, coming back from that side. And that's the beautiful thing that from the church, you know, we us coming together. And when I hear your voice behind me, I know we're in this thing together, right? I can hear you. We're singing together. We're declaring. You're declaring things that I need to hear. And so when we come together as the church, it's beautiful to see those come together as a church family and as a body. And so uh, we are so glad you are here. Uh, we are in part four or week four, whatever you want to call it, in a series called Clarity. We've been answering this question, where do I fit in this complex world? And so uh, the first week we talked about being a spirit-led follower and how that's the very foundation. That's where everything kind of ripples from there, that we are spirit-led. We're following God's way in our life. And then he's called us to be an intentional neighbor in all the different relational circles that are around us. And then last week we talked about being a humble guide that God's called us to make disciples, to humbly guide people towards Christ and his life. And we can know without a shadow of a doubt when I'm doing those three things and what we're talking about today, that I'm walking in God's will. I don't have to second guess. And I'm going to say this and I, 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 it kind of, you'll, you'll see what I mean. These are things that you don't have to go home and pray, God, do you want me to do this? Of course, I want you to pray. I want you to pray for these things. But you, we already know from Scripture, from God's mouth, that he's called us to do these things. And that's the confidence. That's the clarity that we're hoping for and we long for uh, in this series. And so I want to pray for us. And then today, you'll notice there are uh, new handouts there in your seats. I'd love for you to review those. Uh, and we'll get to those here in the message. But today's title is Force for Good. Force for for good. And I just want to pray for us. We're also going to be in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. That's our base verse. We're going to read a good bit of scripture, but I know you guys love that, right? That's right. Uh, uh, Matthew chapter 25. We'll have it on the screens for you as well. But let me pray for us and then we will jump right in. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. God, thank you for each and every soul that is here today, also listening online. God, I pray that you would speak during this time. God, I pray that you would uh, begin to stir our hearts as we gain clarity of who you are. And then, God, we gain clarity on who you've called us to be and what you've called us to do. God, I pray that you would empower your church. I pray that you would give us confidence. I pray just like in Acts chapter 4 that you would give us boldness, God, to declare your gospel. And I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. And we ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. So I can remember, uh, if you're in the room, maybe you can remember this as well. Um, or maybe if you're a student in the house, you haven't gotten here yet, you're longing for this day. But do you remember when you first learned how to drive? Does anybody remember that? And depending on who your teacher was, maybe it was an older brother or sister, uh, maybe it was a parent, maybe it was an uncle. And depending on uh, who they were, probably depended on your experience, right? Like if they were on pins and needles and nervous when you got in there, it's like, whoa, 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 don't press that. 
whoa, where are you going? Whoa, whoa, watch that, right? Uh, whatever it may be, it probably determines your experience. Or if they were kind of chill, laid back, maybe you were a little more relaxed in there as you learned how to navigate this big machine, right? Like this big piece of metal flying through the road at 60 miles per hour. And I can remember learning my very first time. My mom was kind of the main one to teach me how to drive. And we had the great idea. I found this truck. As you know, I drive a, a Ford now, but I, I, f- I saw this old truck, but it was a stick shift. And so we thought it was a great idea. You know what? He, you could probably should learn on, on a stick shift, you know? And so we went out and tried that before we bought it. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, it did not go well. Um, right? And just every time, every time. But anyway. Um, and so we, we learned that for the first time, and then, and then I, I later began to learn how to drive. I drove a 1986 Blazer, um, so it was really cool just to be a part of that, riding with it in my little Blazer, driving through the road. And I still remember to this day, uh, one of the biggest lessons she taught me when I was driving, and it's mainly when at night, when it's hard to see, especially when it's raining really hard. If you've ever been driving, it's raining really hard, the lights are coming, and you can barely see in front of you, and you're like, oh, I, j- I, I hope the road doesn't turn sharp to the right or left because I'm just going to keep going, right? But you're driving, and I remember she told me, she she would tell me, hey, watch the white line. If you ever get in trouble, you can always glance down because you can always see the white line. It's really, really close. In a line, your middle, line the middle of the car, if you don't know this, look, we're getting driver lessons, but uh, line the middle of your car to the white line. And if you just kind of keep following that, you're you're not going to go off the road. In fact, you'll kind of stay in a nice, sweet spot and I still remember that to this day and if it's foggy and rainy I can look back to that white line and I think about that story and it reminds me of this series because even when it was raining and the fog was coming and all of that and I wasn't really sure where to go or what to do I could always go back to that and really that if you want to know why are we talking about this series what is clarity about And it's for that reason. It's for you and I to go, you know what? I know without a shadow of a doubt, even if it's raining, even if life gets turned upside down and I'm in a season where I don't know what's going on, I can always go back to these four principles and it's my white line, right? Like I can go back and I can focus in on that. I can align my life on these four things and I know that I'm following God. I know without a shadow of a doubt, even if I'm unsure, the enemy is telling me lies, even if the people around me are telling me certain things, I can know with confidence that I'm walking in the will of God. And that's the quest that we went on. And honestly, this week, which we're talking about force for good, uh, this was the week actually that birthed the whole series. I feel like God spoke to my heart for this week first uh, because I began to pray of going, God, there's a lot of things going on in our world. There is a lot of causes to stand for. There are a lot of different issues as we roll through social media and there's just a list of things that we could stand for. But I, I remember I was praying to God, going, God, what have you called your church to stand for. We need clarity right now. We need to know in the midst of the craziness and the chaos, what can we know that without a shadow of a doubt, this is what we're standing on. This is the direction we're going. And we know we're doing what you've called us to do. And so I just began to study scripture and open up his word and dive into it. And and I pulled out some of these principles that you can see here. But today uh, we're going to start off by looking at a parable that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 25. And in fact, Jesus goes on a string of teachings and he uses parables a lot of times to teach 
uh, different truths and different principles in our lives. And he goes in and he tells all of these stories and all of these parables here. If you read Matthew chapter 24 and 25, uh, he uses uh, multiple different parables together. And he starts off the parables and this is what he says. The kingdom of heaven is like. And then he goes into these parables. And so he wants you and I to know the kingdom of heaven is like. If you want to know what God's kingdom is called, he's saying, this is my teaching. This is the direction. And we here at the Bridge Church, we are Bible people. We are Jesus people. And if Jesus says it, it's good enough for us, right? And so as we dive into this in Matthew chapter 25, this is Jesus teaching. He begins to teach what the kingdom of heaven is. Is like, And I'm going to be honest with you, some of this is straightforward, some of this is eye-opening, um, but it's very helpful. It's, it's pretty incredible for you and I to see. We're going to start in verse 31, and we're going to read all the way through verse 46. So buckle in. You guys ready? All right, verse 31, it says, When the Son of Man, I love this because this is actually one of Jesus' favorite terms, favorite titles of himself. He says, I am the Son of Man. He uses this title over and over, especially in the book of Matthew. We see this title happen mainly because we see in the Old Testament prophecies that they labeled the Messiah as the Son of Man. And so there's a lot of different uh, meanings in there, but he uses that Son of Man comes in his glory. And all the angels went with him. And he's referring to the second coming. Then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him he will be gathered. He will gather all the nations. And he will separate people one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. The king will say to those on his right, come. You who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And then, and when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, talking to the goats, he says, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, truly, I say to you, as you did not as you did not do to one of the least of these, you did not do to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Wow. What a eye-opening, powerful moment that Jesus begins to teach. And he tells this, por- this parable, this story of this earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And he gives us this picture that the king is coming back. And when the king comes back, he's going to act as the good shepherd. And he's going to separate goats from sheep. And back in those days, uh, he uses this because they would have known exactly what he was talking about. Because at nights, the shepherd would do this because the sheep and the goat, they would separate them because the sheep 
sheep at night, they had all that beautiful, nice wool to keep themselves warm, but the goats needed to huddle together. So they would put all the goats together so they would stay warm at night. And so they would separate them. Hey, all the goats over here, sheep. So they would, they would visually see this. And then Jesus begins to teach, and he says, when the king comes back, he's going to separate everybody, goats and sheep, and the sheep will be his people. And the way that he knows, the way that you know, the way that I know that these are my people, that these are the sheep, right, is by the way they live their lives. And the way they live their lives is they began, they were, they were feeding those who were hungry. They were providing uh, drink for those who were thirsty. They were visiting those who were in pain. They, and he begins to give this list, right, just kind of rattles us off. This is what you were doing, right? And we begin to see this. Now, this is a big principle because you and I, if we just read this at face value, almost like a literal reading, we will look at that. And we can almost uh, equate of going, these are the things that I need to do in order for God to approve of me. But you and I need to know that Ephesians 2 teaches us and all the rest of Scripture teaches that it is not by our works that we are saved, but by the grace of God. And we see this, that um, you and I, we don't do these good works. If you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down because I think this is big for all of us. We don't do good works for salvation, but because we are saved. We don't do this so that we would come before God. I, I can fully come to God knowing that I am saved by grace because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. Because I've placed my faith in him and his death and resurrection. And he paid the penalty for my sin. And I can confidently walk up to God. And because of that, though, because of my saving grace, and I know that I'm saved in Christ, I want to do those good works because God begins to lead me by his spirit, right? To do good works for those who are around me. And you and I can rest in that fact. And if we look at this list, it becomes important for you and I because these are the things that Jesus says, I want my sheep to be doing. And Jesus never does things by mistake. He does them intentionally. And he begins to create this list for you and I, but he says something, right? And this is probably, I think, my favorite part of this parable is if you read here in verse, let's see what it is here, verse uh, uh, 37. And then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did, you, when did we see you hungry and feed you? And they go through the list. When, when did we see you all of these things? And I love that because the righteous are answering like they weren't keeping score. Right? Like the righteous, they could have showed up to God and going, God, you're not going to believe what our church did. You're not going to believe everything that we did. Let me look. Right? Let me roll out this Rolodex of all of these good works, God. Come see it, King. Everything we've done for you. But Jesus had to tell them, oh, you know what you were doing because you were saved? You know how you were loving on your community? You know how you were providing food for those who were hungry? Oh, you remember when you, when you saw that person who was sick and in the hospital, you went and visited them and you were helping them? Oh, you remember when that one kid was having an incredibly difficult time and you sat with them in their pain and you helped them through that and you walked with them through that? And, and, and the king begins to remind them. In fact, he had to remind them, right, of going, hey, this is what you did. And the righteous go, oh, 
Now I see. Now I see what you have called us to do. Now I get this picture of the direction and the wisdom that you have given us as a church. And he gives us something here. And I'd love for you to write this down as well. Is that when we serve others, we serve God. And this is what he says here in verse 39. And when did we see you sick or in a prison and visit you? And the king answered him, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. And you and I know that every time we serve someone, every time we are are there helping meet their needs, every time we visit somebody and and walk into their pain and, and be an intentional neighbor with them and walk with them in this moment, we know that not only are we serving them and walking with them, but we also know that we are serving God, that we're not just serving people, but we're serving Jesus, we're serving God in those moments. And you and I can have the confidence of knowing this is what God has called us to do. This is the clarity that he's called us to. And because Jesus has saved me, now I want to do these good works. Now I want to walk with him because you and I, we can get very confused on what is good. Right. Like as I was saying earlier, there's a lot of good things that we could be doing on earth. Right. A lot of good things that we could be looking at, a lot of causes that we could stand on. But you and I have to remember, where do we get our definition of good? And that comes from God. And in fact, we see this in the Bible where Jesus begins. He's teaching and he's in his ministry. And the Bible labels this uh, young guy. He calls him the rich young ruler. And he comes up to Jesus and he goes, hey, good teacher, good teacher. I hear you're a great teacher. I I I want to follow you. And Jesus goes, "Okay, good. You want to follow me? I want you to go back and I want you to follow all of my commands. Right. And the rich young ruler is like, "Ooh, sweet. Yeah, I've done that. Check them all off the list, which. I mean, come on, right? I mean, but he's a young guy. He's confident. Okay, right? Like, right? I, I can, I've done all that. Check, 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 check. And God goes, okay, you're richer and you're old. Why don't you go in fact, just sell everything you own and then come follow me because we're going to need all of that. We're going to need the resource. I want you to trust me, sell all that, come follow me. And it says that the rich young ruler left because he was sad, because he couldn't release what he had. And in that conversation, he looks at Jesus and he goes, hey, good teacher. And Jesus looks back at this rich young ruler and goes, wait a second. Before we have this whole conversation, I want you to realize only God is good. He goes, so we need to look to God to determine what is good. So if we want to be a force for good, we have to understand what good actually means. And he says, God is good. So he determines what is good. And when we're spirit led, he's going to lead us towards the good works. And when God leads us towards what is good, we can experience what he has called us to. And we can know with full confidence, even if God calls us to, I'm not saying he is right, but he knew what the rich young ruler was holding on to. And he wasn't willing to let go of it. So Jesus knew his heart. And he says, hey, that your stuff has you. So why don't you go sell it all and then come follow me. And the rich young ruler wasn't able to do it. His, his God, his throne, his comfort, his, all of that was in his stuff. Right. And God was calling him to, to a bigger purpose, a force for good. And right and in this moment, but he, he wasn't willing to let that go. And we see this picture. But God is saying, I want you to understand What is good? I determine the definition of what is good. I determine that what is that direction? What is that wisdom that you and I can lean into and to understand and be a part of? And you and I can understand what God has called us to. And if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down. And 
And we're going to see, I'm going to switch gears here in just a minute, where I want us to look at some of these pieces of force for good uh, scriptures that God has called us to. But when you and I receive this grace from God, it overflows into our everyday uh, service for God. When we experience the grace of God, it begins to overflow in the practical, everyday service of others as we walk with God. We experience His grace, and we experience His beauty. We experience everything that He has done for us, right? Like, we are doing this. We are living out being a force for good because Christ first loved us. He saw our need first and he provided for our needs. He saw that we needed righteousness and he provided that righteousness for us. He saw that we were in pain and he comes to comfort us in this moment. And you and I are motivated to be a force for good because Christ first did this for us. And the beauty is, is that the righteous in this parable, they were willing to help those who are in need because they saw themselves and the people who are in need. They saw the person who was struggling for groceries and they said, you know what? That could easily be me. I'm a, I'm a few seasons of life away from that happening to me. I'm a, I'm a few decisions away of not my decisions, but it could be somebody else's decisions where I'm in this same place and I'm going to humbly lower myself, right? I'm going to humbly walk with you. I'm not going to think I'm better than you or I make more money and so you just need to work hard, whatever it may be. But no, I'm walking beside Beside you, I want to help you in that moment because I see myself in you. I see your needs, I see your pain, and it's because I have been in pain too. And Christ first loved me, Christ first showed me, Christ first lowered himself as the King of Kings, right? And walked this earth and humbly served and, and provided those things for us as well. So you and I are called to do the same. And as we do that, we experience what God has called us to do. You and I can be a force for good. And so as you're looking at the handout there, I'd love for us to look through some of this real quick. And we see some of this happens here in Matthew chapter 25. But then also some of these are in different parts of the Bible as well. And we even see the early church in the book of Acts come. And when they come, they start to do these things as well. We see their practices in the book of Acts of the early church. They get on fire about this. And, and this is how they set the world upside down. They became a force for good. You read in chapter like Acts chapter 6 where they had their first leadership development uh, issue, right? And it was because of their feeding program that they were trying to feed the people in their community and they were saying, hey, some people are getting neglected and some people are getting food. And so they had to figure this leadership thing out in Acts chapter 6 and we see that. So uh, here, we, the first one is, is that Jesus lists that we are serving those who are in prison, right? Visiting those who are hurting. And, and uh, I think for you and I, in society we can look at people who have made mistakes and write them off and push them to the side but we as Christians as intentional friends God in our relational circles right even those who we may think are our enemies God is saying we're crossing some of those barriers and then the Bible calls especially in Matthew chapter 25 I think most prevalent here those who are, are the basic physical needs to be met like food water and shelter we're able to come alongside people those who are in pain those who are in the hospital we're able to visit them pray with them comfort them and for you and I even think about those who are in pain emotionally and spiritually walking through spiritual darkness we have the answers for people to be 
set free and we can walk alongside of them and help them experience that what God has called us to. And then in the book of James, James, he makes this bold statement and he says, you want to know what what pure religion is? He says, I want you to serve the orphans and widows. And then he goes on to say, as then set your lives and mark yourselves as holy, set apart from the world. And so we see this here in the book of James. It's clearly stated if you want to serve a pure religion, serve the orphans and widows. And then he says, I want you to show hospitality to strangers, those who maybe we don't know, showing hospitality, serving them, welcoming them, helping them find community. There are so many people here in the low country who are brand new to the area, right? Like I've experienced maybe you've experienced this as well and we have an opportunity to be a force for good to step out first and go hey come on in we want to welcome you in we want to serve you want to have a meal with you we want to connect with you how is your life going what what kind of job are you connecting with who do i know that i can connect you with right and they're like wow why i'm just a stranger why are you acting like this? Why are you doing this? It's because God's called us to. He gives, he's given us clarity on how to be a force for good. How can we experience that and what God has called us to? And so I want to get ready. I want to pray for us as a church. Because uh, I want you to know in full transparency, we don't, I don't have all the answers for what's on that page. But my prayer is that we as a church take this hand out and we begin to pray and say, you know what, God, how can we, because we're in this thing together, right? How can we begin to pray? And God's, I'm telling you, God, I told you guys last week, God's already stirring. He's having conversations with people that I never had conversations with. And they're telling me, hey, I want to go visit the uh, people who are in nursing homes and feel alone. And uh, I want to go help. All of these different things are beginning to, to come about, right? Because God, the Holy Spirit is stirring our hearts. And for you and I as a church to say, you know what, I'm praying over this. And you may be sitting here right now going, oh, Daniel, God's already been placing some things on my heart. And this lines up right here. And I want to hear from you. We as a church want to hear from you. Begin to pray about that. How can we be a force for good? My prayer has always been when the Bridge Church hits the low country, we add value to where we plant. Not only do we add value, we are a force for good. I love the word force, right? Because it's an action. It's not a passive. Let me sit back and just... Let me just see how this thing plays out, right? No, it's you and I going, you know what? Darkness is not going away, right? It's it's trying to push back, but you and I, we're going to be a force for good. This has kind of been our theme. Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with what? Good. Every time you and I choose one of these good works, we become a force for good. We bring our light into a dark world. And you and I know right now we have clarity. We know that this is what God has called us. We don't have to second guess it. Whenever we do these things on the list, these are things that some of them came straight from Jesus's mouth himself, right? And then we see James and all of these people in scripture. This is what they did. If you look at the early church in Acts, this is what they gave their lives for. 
in two different times, Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4, it describes their community that they were selling their own possessions and kind of coming together going, oh, you need this, you need that, let me sell this, let me provide this, let me help this here. It was this radical notion of coming together, helping each other out. And I believe that God has called us as a church to come together going, we're going to be a force for good. And my prayer is that you and I would catch this. And we would get so on fire for it that we leave this place going, God, lead me, direct me. I want to be spirit-led in this. I want to be intentional. So when I'm talking to somebody, they may lead me to this. And it doesn't matter what your age is. You could be a student. You could be empty nester. You could Whatever the season we're in, there is a place that God has called us to. And the beauty is, is when we come together and we're able to connect those who are in need. And we become a force for good here in our community. And I pray that that's what people begin to label us as. Like, oh, that's the church. They're force for good. That's the ch- Oh, yeah. They, they, those are there. They are always bringing light into the darkness. They're not scared of people who are uh, far away from God. They're not scared to go out into the neighborhoods and, and serve people and help provide for them that God has called us to this. And I believe it can be a beautiful thing. And I want to get ready. I want to close with this here in Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to read from the paper Bible. Is that okay? Yeah, okay. So Jesus begins, uh, like I said, in his teachings. And in Matthew chapter 5, he gives this uh, Beatitudes teaching. And it's almost a roadmap for you and I to follow. And he goes through these whole things. Blessed are those who persecuted. Blessed are those who are peacemakers. Blessed are those who are are peace of heart. But then as he wraps uh, the Beatitudes up, He describes his church. He describes his people this way. And this is what he says. You are the salt of the earth, but salt has lost its taste. How shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. I want you and I to think about this for a second. When Jesus says you, he's pointing to you and I. He's pointing to followers right here in 2022, almost at 2021, 2022, right? Like he's pointing to you for you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all. In the house, you and I are called to be a light. When we see darkness, we should get a little bit excited, right? I didn't say it was easy, but a little excited because the light is in us, right? We walk out into this community. We are a force for good. We are not passive. We are stepping into. We are intentional. We are a light, a city on a hill, and evil will not overcome it. Not on our watch, right? And this is what he says. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven jesus is saying when you and i take his word seriously when we get extreme clarity on what he's called us to do and we actually live into it oh we become that city on a hill and not only that we're giving god all 
of the glory. We come before our king here at the end of our lives, the end of the world, and he starts separating the sheeps and the goats. And you're like, oh, Jesus, we were so busy. I'm not even sure what we were doing. Were we doing everything right? And Jesus goes, oh, let me remind you of everything that you have done, right? But you and I were so laser focused on our white line, right? No matter the chaos, we can know. I'm going back to this. These are the good works that God has called us to. I can, I know my soul is walking in obedience when I'm doing these things, right? And not that everything else is bad. God may have another section, another avenue for you to serve in, and that's okay. But I wanted us to have a true north, right? To go, you know what? If we don't know, we know here, right? If we don't know, here is clarity. And for us as a church, we can tag on all of these things because we're called to be a light. And I'm asking you to pray with me. God, how do you want us to be a light here in the low country? How can our good works shine? God, because we want to give you all the glory. How can we begin to pray those things? And we do them because Christ first did those things for us. And so you may be, may be asking and thinking, I, I, I don't know what God has called me to. I don't know what direction or wisdom this may be. And this is why I love this series, because this series fits into any vocation that we are in right now. This series fits into any season of life that we are in right now. We, you and I, we have this white line that we can go back to, this true north that we can go back to whichever season we are in. And we know I have clarity. I can walk in the will of God. I can find, I can be spirit led. I can be an intentional neighbor. I can be a humble guide. And now I am a force for good. I, my prayer, when my feet hit the floor, that the devil and his demons are like, oh, he's motivated again, right? Like he's at it again. Like I pray that for the church. Oh, the bridge church is meeting again. COVID didn't work. The, all this divisiveness didn't work. Like what's happening? We can't, not, we can't distinguish this light. It's because we're a force for good. Jesus is our source. He is our comfort. He is our hope. And he is the one that is directing you and I. So I hope in December, as you and I are preparing for the new year to come about, we can look back at this year and go, you remember when we get, when our hearts began to get stirred to be a force for good? And Jesus, the Holy Spirit, has to whisper into our ear, hey, let me remind you of all the things that you have done this year. Let me remind you, we're not doing them for approval or for uh, salvation. We're doing it because Jesus saved us, because we can point people back to the light of saying, this is why we are here. This is why God has called us. And so I want to pray for us. And um, Jacob and these guys are going to come back up and sing a last song with us. And I, I love this response song. It's called, So Will I. And, I. and I love this because it's a beautiful picture that, that I'm going to worship, I'm going to serve uh, because Jesus did those things first. And if Jesus did those things, then so will I. And my prayer as we sing here today, we just remember that truth. And I want you to walk out of this place as we close this series out. You can, we can go back and refer to it. We can look at some of these verses and scriptures over and over again. But you and I have clarity. We have that opportunity to walk in the full confidence of God, to be a force for good. But let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we are so thankful that you have walked with us. We are thankful that your word gives us clarity. 
We are thankful, God, that uh, you have saved us, that your grace has redeemed us, God, that you have shown us mercy when we didn't deserve it. God, thank you so much for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for showing us that you are God, coming back to life. And I pray, God, that we spend the rest of our lives being a force for good. I pray that for some of us, this marks the day where we got extreme clarity and the Holy Spirit began to lead us and direct us. And we started provi helping provide for people and giving wisdom, giving direction and just being a light for our community, God. I pray that you do what only you can do, God, and that is change hearts. I pray that you use us as your vessels, as your instruments, God, as broken clay jars with the light of glory shining through to a dark world. I pray that you would lead us. I pray that you begin to make connections, God. I pray that you begin to illuminate needs that we can meet right now in our area. And I pray that you would give us the strength, just like in Acts chapter 4. We humbly come before you, God, and in these good works that we would boldly declare the gospel of Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. We love you. We praise you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's stand and worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.